Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands, people that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast. Today, I have Mr. John Martinez. He is from Midwest Revenue Group. You can catch his website at MidwestREV, MidwestRev.com. And he's got some uh, cool stuff going on. I just found him because uh, a mutual friend of ours said, hey, John's looking to jump on 30 podcasts in 30 days. And right off the bat, I was like, man, that guy's got fire. I, I like that. That's that's somebody who's <laughs> going after it. They got something to say. And uh, I thought it was cool, man. So we just linked up. And it, it's cool for me because yeah. I love seeing the... Um, just the world. Like there's times that I'll, I'll go to a mastermind or I'll go to a meetup or I'll go to, you know, just some type of a networking group or real estate group. And somebody will say, Hey, I, I know you from this, or I saw you here. Or I listened to your podcast or you did a deal with this guy. And it's cool the way everything happens. And, and you've been one of those guys that the second my friend sent me over your, 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 uh, your Facebook profile, I was like, oh, I yeah. think me and this guy have been friends on Facebook for years. I've never really <laughs> gotten to have a conversation with them, but I see the stuff you post. I see the groups you're in, man. So I appreciate you getting out and talking to me. Um, I'll let you tell a little bit about yourself quick and um, a little about, yeah. you said how everybody knows you basically from your brand. So I'll let you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I appreciate the opportunity, man. Um, we, you know, I, I have a small company. Um, we train real estate investors and acquisition agents how to turn leads into deals in the real estate investment space. So uh, really, we just train people how to have that conversation with the lead, how to who. Uh, you know, negotiate and close for, you know, 50, 60, 65 cents on the dollar. Uh, and that's all we do. That's all we've done for the last five years. Before that, I come from corporate America. So just a lot of, uh, you know, sales roles and then into sales leadership positions, um, into C-level types roles um, in that world. And I think what made us so successful in REI is I was able to take a lot of the stuff we were doing in that world and implement it. Just it hadn't been implemented in, in the REI space yet. So um, I think that's really where a lot of our success comes from. It's just, you know, different ideas uh, that we know work elsewhere and just implementing them in, in this space. Awesome, man. And, and what is it? It's REI? REI Sales Academy. REI Sales Academy. Okay, awesome. I didn't yeah. want to mess it up. Awesome. So <laughs> REI Sales Academy. Awesome, man. I know you got, um, you have a boot camp coming up. You have a YouTube yep. channel. You have a website. You have an online thing. So um, we'll touch on all aspects of that. But one of the yeah. first things I like to start with is just uh, coming up through things. I know, especially in sales, Yep. A lot of people are not used to being in an environment that you eat what you kill and it's a lot of rejection and it's a lot of negativity. And, you know, I tell everybody when they're getting into real estate, I'm like, look, there, there's going to be a lot more no's than yes. Oh, I got thick skin. I'm not afraid of that. But everybody has those days that the, yeah. the car didn't start and then the dog peed on the carpet. <laughs> and then that's the day that somebody's like, I don't want you. Don't take me off your list. Like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that's it. I'm getting out of like, you know, everybody has that day that it's just too much. And then, yeah. They quit. So I'm always interested, especially as part of my podcast, is I love talking to people because I'm a big believer in how you do anything is how you do everything. So just yeah. that tenacity to keep getting up the next day, get through the rejection, and not let it make you quit and keep going for the next day and get where you are, especially coming from sales and whatever your background was, if you yeah. took that same work ethic and that same 
uh, tenacity and perseverance and put it towards real estate or probably anything, you would take your lumps and you would find a way to be successful just yeah. like you were in the past. So um, just a little bit about your background. I'd like to see, is that just something you always had? How were you dealing with that coming up through the sales and the That's rejection right. just to kind of work through that on a day-to-day basis for a lot of people that are starting out and it's, you know, they're having a bad day or they're having a tough time getting off the ground? Awesome question, first of all. Um, and it's probably a surprising answer, probably not the one you're expecting. <laughs> I don't have that. Uh, I don't have the thick skin. Stuff impacts me. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've, I've got a really cool, very successful business. We, you know, uh, but, but I can't tell you how many times along the way I did throw up my hands and go, you know, maybe we should just quit this, you know, this is enough. <laughs> so for me, it wasn't about having thick skin. It's, it's, that's a weakness of mine. It's a massive flaw. So me knowing, just realizing that I had that flaw, I've built systems around myself that prevent me from giving up. So whether it's posting stuff on social, sharing my goals with others, quitting things and burning bridges so I can't go backwards no matter what, those are the things I've had to force myself to do because I know when times get tough, there, there will be a time where I say, oh, I want to quit this. And if I have that escape route, I might take it. So for me, knowing I don't have that thick skin, I've had to build systems around myself where when I am strong, I build the system that won't let me quit when I'm weak, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does, man. I think that's a great answer. I think that's super smart. You know, there's, uh, there's definitely a level of risk there, but that's, that's where some of the greatest things come from. It's, uh, it's funny because a couple of the, my friends that are very successful, one of them specifically is in a very successful rock band. And I remember when we were growing up, the only things he really did was deliver pizza and play drums. And he, one day he was like, you know what? I figured out what I'm going to be. And I was like, what are you going to be? It's like, I'm going to be a famous <laughs> rock star. And we were like, uh-huh, okay. Like, yeah, I'm going to be a scientist and an astronaut. And everybody kind of laughed at him. And his, his answer was, what else am I going to do? He's like, I literally, it's this or it's nothing. Like, the only thing I know how to do is play drums and deliver pizza. And one day you're going to be, like, dying to come backstage to see me on David Letterman. And I'm not going to let you because you didn't back me up. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> And, and fast forward like three or four years, I went on David Letterman with him and it was pretty awesome. But growing up, then getting into entrepreneurship and business, I always think back to that and I'm like, you know, that's all it takes. Everybody wants to be a rock star or a real estate investor or whatever their dream is. And they have hundreds of people around them. They go, you can't do that. That's somebody else. But he was like, I'm burning all the ships. It's this and I'm going to do it. And I'm not even going to listen to anybody else. And that stubbornness that people looked at him as a weakness at the time is exactly what I see that it takes to be successful, man. And, and he did it because he didn't have another option. So I love that, man. I think that's a great answer. And not to go on too much of a tangent, but I don't know if you watch um, UFC or, or, or MMA at all, but I was just listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and Max Holloway was on there. And he's probably going to go down. It's like, if not the best, one of the best featherweights of all time. And he said, I turned to my older brother one day and I told him, hey, I'm going to be a UFC fighter when I grow up. And he said they laughed in his face, like embarrassingly laughed and was like, you better start putting out applications for jobs. You're never going to this, you're never going to that. And he was like, like later on, he was like, what do you think now? And he's like, you can say I told you so. He's like, no, I don't need to. But it was like, like that's everybody's story, man. So I love that. I think that that was a great answer. I appreciate you sharing that. So what made you decide to take your sales training from your, your past life and made real estate and real estate investors attractive to you? I wish I could say there was some, some master plan. I, I, probably another answer you're not expecting, right? A lot of business people and entrepreneurs go into things like, you know, I, I set the plan, I set the goal, I achieved it. Um, it was by accident. Um, we were training, or I was personally training in close to four dozen industries. Uh, didn't know anything about the REI world, except for probably 
be the billboards you see, right? Like <laughs> buying my house or whatever it is. Um, and uh, I, I trained a, a call center. I went in and I rewrote their scripts and their, their clientele happened to be real estate agents and investors. And they called uh, a pretty big real estate investor down south in Texas. And the guy was like, you guys call me all the time. And but though, though everything's changed, I love what I'm hearing. I'll sign up for your stuff. But you got to tell me, you know, what's changed and, and, and what's happening over there. And, and we got introduced and he said, hey, will you will you come down to, to Houston and train my team? And I said, I don't know what it is you do, but I'll give it a shot. Really worked out and uh, had great success. And within about 30 days, I think I was maybe training 10 or 20 or 30 others in the space. And um, I think one of my, everyone has their superpower, right? What they're really good at. One of the things I'm really good at outside of sales training is just reading the market and just not even reading it, listening to it. And I just, I said, hey, this is a sign. There's a lot of need right here. And I can either, you know, shut it down or just go with the flow. And it's much easier to go with the flow, go with the current than fight it. So I said, I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to go with it. And I went all in and it's been really good for us. That's awesome, man. I love that. That's really cool. You know, again, everything happens for a reason, man. I love the way everything winds up coming together. So uh, as far as businesses go, because now it sounds like it's been interesting for me because until very, very recently, I've built my real estate business on not going seller direct. I've always used realtors and wholesalers and just made relationships and just planted seeds everywhere. And now that the market's turning, I'm seeing more and more people are doing what you're doing. So I find it very interesting. But one of the things that I, you know, I built another few businesses that were very successful with my partner. And what we found is it's very hard to duplicate us. So as much as we have a good product or we have a good worth ethic and we think we are clear as day, we'll send a bullet by bullet email of every single thing they should do and they'll find a way to screw it up or they'll find a way. (laughs) And it's like, well, you should have put every single possible thing that we're not supposed to do. And I'm like, that would literally take a year. I didn't know I had to walk you through like that. And then it winds up, you know, making you stressed out. And it makes you almost say like, I know the only way to grow is to have other people trained to do those things and take them off your hands. But it also can be very stressful for business owners, knowing that sometimes your employees and your staff are just not going to get it done. And that could be your bottom line. So for the solopreneurs out there, for the control freaks out there that are going, I need to be making those phone calls. I can't hand those things off. How do I... What are you finding as far as some good business practices? Because you obviously have a good system in place and it's a system you can repeat all over the country successfully. So for the business side of it, maybe not even the real estate side, but what are you finding as some great like standard operating procedures to train people that are good or to screen or find people that are good to repeat these processes and make sure that they're following the directions and you can give up some of that control? Yeah. Yeah, So uh, another great question, man. This is uh, one of the funnest podcast I've done in a while. Oh, cool. So uh, I've been through it. Uh, I, I tried to grow. I drank the Kool-Aid, hire everyone, <laughs> outsource everything. And then uh, it was, for me, it was a complete disaster. Extremely frustrated, took back everything, uh, fixed a lot of mistakes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear this, but the biggest thing is it's in your head, right? Um, you know, think about the best businesses in the world, you, you know, uh, just from a business standpoint, you got like McDonald's and anything at mass scale, right? There's people doing everything. You know, Richard Branson isn't, you know, flying the planes at Virgin. Bill Gates isn't writing the software. So we, we all know, like you said, we all inherently know, like, I got to have people, right? I got to have people. Um, but it's more. Th- so I think, number one, the biggest thing is just getting out of your, your head that I'm the only one who can do this. Because if you just look around, we all know that's not true. But I think that's, that's the biggest barrier. Now, once you do that, 
it's all about the processes you put in place. People will follow processes. People will figure it out. Um, so I think it's having a very clear outcome and as much of a process you can have put in place as possible. Um, you know, for me, we, my business, it's a small business. We do, uh, I think we'll do about 2 million this, this year. Uh, very little overhead and it's just me and my wife. We run it a couple hours a week and we have one assistant. And our assistant, we have just realized, my wife used to be in banking and she said, this woman is, she'll find a way to get it done. And we hired her and for, for a long time, I really messed it up. I would, I would try to micromanage. I told her what to do. I wouldn't let go. And we never made progress. And I was thinking, you know, should we just do it all ourselves? There was a point in time where I just said, you know what? She is amazing. Um, she's got the skill set. She can figure it out. I am going to let go and just let it happen. And it's been the best thing to happen to my business in years. She is amazing at the marketing. She's picking stuff up. She's taking so much off our plate. She's just made life better because I'm not doing the stuff I don't want to do. She feels extremely valued because she is, is, is making a huge impact, but it was all about letting go, giving her clear expectations for, here's what we want. Um, I don't care how you get there, but, but, but let's, let's find a way to get there. I know you're smart enough. Um, and then when there are things I want done a specific way, giving a very clear process, which is usually just a click by click video where I go, just watch this, ask if you have any questions. So you, you hit yeah. like four or five things that I could go off on like another hour on, but a couple of things I thought were really huge there. One, a lot of people, and, and it's funny because sometimes I'll go to these things and I'm like, oh man, I, I'm going to go to this two day thing or this three day thing. And I hope it's not a waste of my time. And the first hour will start off with some like mindset or accountability stuff. And I'm like, I don't need this shit. And then the guy will say something like so basic of like, well, what do you really want? And I'm like, man, I don't know. And, I'm, and then like just a lot of those basic foundations of, of some of those slap in the face moments of like understand what the goal is because you're like, yeah. well, my team's not doing what I want. It's like, well, what do you really want? I'm not sure. Well, I think I know why they're not doing what you want because if you don't know, <laughs> how are you telling them? And it's just some of those basic things that people, they go after the complicated, fancy stuff. But those foundations to me have been some of the most important things for making me productive for what's the goal. Maybe even just the goal today, it can change. But what do I really need? Because I need to be able to show somebody else what the end result is. And like you said, I don't need to figure it out. Like with the, the rehabbing, people ask me, they'll go, well, what would you do with this room? And there's paneling. Go, paneling comes off. I'm going to you know, paint it. I'm going to put some trim on there. They go, well, are you going over it? Or is he pulling it off? Is, I don't care. Like I know the price. <laughs> I know the timeline. However they want to get it done, as long as it gets done and passes code and the house sells, I don't need to micromanage all that stuff. But people yeah. think that they need all those details. So I love that. So touching on what you want, I think, is, is a huge, huge tip there is find out really what you want. So you can properly explain that to your teams and showing those videos, I think is huge. You also said that I think was awesome. Look at the things you like and you don't like. So when you talked about delegating, I'm going through this right now because I'll go and I'll take a marketing training, then I'll take a sales training, then I'll take a, a YouTube class training. And I'm like, how do I have all day to do all these things? And I think it does come down to what are really the things that are making me money and what are the things that I enjoy? Because maybe some things that I like, I don't want to delegate because it's my happy place. But there's other things that maybe somebody could do 70% as good, but they can do three, four, five times that amount. And you touched on something, you called it, what's your superpower? So yeah. maybe for somebody trying to figure that out right now of like, what is my superpower? What do I want? What do I delegate? What's some advice you can give for somebody trying to figure out right now, I'm doing everything. How do I start to figure out what I can delegate and what I should keep? Yeah. So what, what 
I'll just share what I do. Uh, there's probably a thousand ways to do it. So I always look back at the past and I just have a real tough, honest conversation with myself about what's working, what's not working, why, how much did I have to do with that, and, and so on. For example, um, you know, as the, we look at our P&L every year and we, we try to, and I'm, I'm going to kind of go just, you know, speak the numbers and then I'll, I'll translate it. So it's, it's, it's the same way we look at our P&L. We look at our P&L and we go, what is everything we did this last year? How much money did it actually make? How much, not only how much money did it make, but how much work went into those things? And for example, we did this last week and we looked, we go, hey, we made money 10 different ways. One, one of those ways took like literally 1% of the effort and made 90 95% of the income, like, why are we doing this other junk? And we go, but there's these two others that are really good because maybe they only made 20000 each for the year. Uh, but they, again, we were leveraging assets that we already had. It took no effort, no time, made us money. That supports all of our marketing for the year. And, and you just refocus that way. So I do the same thing personally. I look and I go, it's the reason why I'm on this podcast. You know, I go, well, what, what, what do I enjoy doing and, and what's producing results? So I enjoy just kind of talking about what we do and how we do it. Um, I've got hundreds of videos of free sales training because that's my superpowers is explaining to people how to get better results and how to do it in a way that doesn't make them feel icky or weird. I mean, most people in this industry didn't get into this industry because they wanted to be salespeople, let's be honest. They wanted a certain lifestyle. They wanted a certain outcome. They felt like real estate was the best way to get there. And then they go, oh, shit, I got to sell. Right? <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, so I love helping those people because it makes me feel good when they say, you know what? I didn't think I was a salesperson. I don't have it in me. I don't have the personality, but it's easy. It's fun. It's actually enjoyable now. And I'm pretty good at it. So that's what I'm, I just love teaching and talking. So that's all I focus on is I do podcasts and I do, you know, the paid training and I do free training. And I know that when I put my time into that, uh, you can tell, like I get excited about it. it. That's what energizes me. So that's all I do. I do nothing else in my business. Um, literally I, I don't get into social media. Uh, I don't, I don't look at the, you know, get into the finances or accounting. I don't click anything. It's like, this is my happy place. This is my superpower. So that's what I think everyone has to do is just be real with themselves and realize, uh, what's working, what's not, what you enjoy, what you don't, and use that to guide you, uh, going forward. I think that's awesome. And that probably shifts over time too. There's probably things that yeah. you, you grow or your attention changes a little bit. And I, I think that's another thing that some people don't like that they can't get a direct answer or that it might not be this all the time. And I tell them in real estate, probably just in business in general, the things, the things are always moving. The target's always shifting. The strategies are always changing. So yeah. you have to be flexible with those things. You can't be married. You yeah. have to be open. Otherwise, you know, you become the blockbuster videos of the world. You become a dinosaur and Netflix swallows your business. So I think that's good. And then Another thing, uh, and I do want to jump in, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into like the aspects of your business and your YouTube and all that stuff. But on the, the personal side of it, you know, you're doing the training, you're helping other people. I know you have your weekly stuff. You have a ton of content. I was checking out your website. Um, we'll put all that on the show notes and we'll talk about that too. But how are you balancing your business and your coaching and your real estate with your personal life and your health and your habits and all those things? Because that's a big thing that I find no matter what it is, whether it's real estate, whether it's fighting, being an author being a stockbroker or a CPA, whatever, the people that are really building a business and especially building their own business and a coaching business, their personal life usually suffers or their happiness usually suffers and they give and give and give and forget to take some time for themselves. And everybody's usually giving me the answer that they're still trying to find that balance. What are some tips you can give to people for really finding that medium 
so you're not burning yourself out so you can still have that energy to give to podcasts and give to clients and give to students and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it, it, it's 100% about intent, right? Uh, the, the problem is most people don't have the intent to have a life. They have an intent to build a certain type of business or size of business. And guess what? That's what they get. And they sacrifice the rest. You have to have intent. Because I was there. I worked 80-hour weeks. Uh, today, I work max two to three hours a week. And, and that's it. Um, and the only reason I was able to get there is because there was a time where I was suffering. And I said, I can't do this for much longer. Um, you know, my marriage was suffering. I, I didn't feel like I was being the dad. I, I got five kids and I, I felt like Ooh. I was falling down in there and, uh, and it hurt. And it took, you know how people say like, you got to get to the bottom, you know, before you realize there has to be. So for me, that was my bottom is I was, I was emotionally, you know, it's, you know, it might make me sound weak or weird or whatever, but I was, I was hurting. I didn't feel like I was being the husband or the dad I wanted to be and life sucked and I was making a ton of money. And I was like, I was having a hard time kind of, you know, figuring this out, like I should be happy. I'm, my business is where it needs to be. And I, I, everyone thinks I'm successful, but I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I came out of that with a level of intent of I'm not sacrificing my business, but my intent is going to be to live the life I want. Funny thing is, is when you do that, that took my business to another level and another level, because what it forced me to do is, well, all the time I'm spending in my business, I don't want the results to go away, but I've got to take myself out of of the equation. And it forced me to figure out better ways to do things, better processes, forced me to figure out automation, forced me to figure out replacing manual labor with, with stuff we could automate and marketing and stuff like that and, and leveraging time. And it forced me to have that, that conversation with myself and my team as to how do we get the same results, but not have, not have to physically do it. And that's how we ended it. It was intent. It's all about intent. So the pe people get what they want. People will get what, I mean, that's just how it is. You get what you want. And if you're not getting the life, it's because you haven't committed to it yet. You're still so committed to the business. Sometimes that happens by accident. There'll be times that, uh, I remember there was one day my business partner went to France or Italy or something for like a week. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to take over my part and her part. And I went yeah. to the beach with my mom for a couple hours. And I didn't even realize that the cell service cut out on the beach. And yeah. prior to that, I was like, I need to have my phone on at all times. If I'm not available every minute for every call, the world is going to fall apart. And then four yeah. hours later, when we walked off the beach, it was like, ding, 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 ding. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And it was like, we have problems. And then because I didn't answer, everything got figured out. And then it was like, we're all good. And I was like, I just got these. And they were like, yeah, we <laughs> went through the whole thing. And I was like, wow. Like, I, people can figure things out on their own and processes are in place. And if you're, you know, sometimes being available all the time and putting everything into the business actually prevents it from it's a, growing. Yeah, sometimes it's the worst thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And that's great advice. I get a lot of questions from people on uh, wanting to pick my brain, wanting to ask me about what I do, how do I do it, all kinds of things across the spectrum. One of the things I try and answer back with is there's a few different ways that we can work together. People can either um, participate by being a buyer, being a seller, or being a partner, and that's really the best way to learn. So if people have questions that have reached out to me, the best thing to do is jump on www.nicknicknick.com, and you can schedule a consultation if you're looking to sell properties, buy part properties, partner on some deals, 
or just get a general consultation to see where we can even fit in and where we can do business together on any level, there's options for that to set some stuff up. So please visit www.nicknicknick.com to buy, to sell, or to partner on real estate deals or opportunities. That is the place to go. That is the best way to start making money and learning the process. So now going back to, to your business, I, I'm very interested in what you do because, again, it's very relevant for me right now. I'm changing my model to doing a lot of seller direct stuff. Um, we're closing on an office probably today and we're bringing on more staff. So I have my, um, I have my executive assistant. She's going to turn yeah. into also a transaction coordinator. Um, but we're bringing on, we're attempting to bring on some, um, some VAs to do some cold calling, acquisitions cool. managers, disposition managers. So I know that's a lot more about what you do. So talk yeah. me through some of the process from somebody in my position. What would be the advice you give to me? How can I work with you? What are some things you see for, you know, just right. some value or some content for me starting out, some life lessons? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, people like to, to you know, roll their eyes or, well, what do I do? It's like, well, you know, you could sign up for my training. I can help. Oh. It's like, okay, well, you don't have to. You can go spend the next year or two figuring out how to get your teams in place and get these scripts that I've gotten hung up on a hundred thousand times where we're told to go screw my like yeah. to me, I've always been a big believer in I don't have the time to go figure it all out. There's people that have gotten hung up on a thousand times, tasted dirt, failed a million ways. I would rather cut that timeline and pay for that experience and get two or three years of my life back yeah. and just hit the ground running. So for me, I've always been big on investing on, on, on other people's experience to really benefit from that. You know, again, I, I always go back to what I know. I take private lessons in jujitsu all the time. And to me, the stuff that they're showing me isn't any secret sauce. It's stuff I would have yeah. eventually figured out. But what yeah. they did was they saved me six months of getting black eyes and bloody noses. And it's like, you know, to me, there's, there's value to that. So I appreciate right. people like you that have gone through that experiences and, 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 you know, had the beatings and taken those hits and taken yeah. those shots and learned how to not take them anymore. So people like me can benefit from that. So I'll let you kind of take it away. Cause I'm sure there's a million yeah. things you can throw in there. So, yeah. So number one, I, I agree with you hundred percent, you know, marketing is something we struggled with forever. And I paid, uh, I found the best marketer I could, uh, in, in probably the country, if not the world, Frank Kern, and I worked with him one-on-one -on -one for many, many, many tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> but, his, but it was worth every penny because what I struggled with for four years and what probably would have taken me another five to figure out, I figured out in 30 days, right? So it was, it was totally worth it. Uh, so I, I practice what I preach. I, you know, I'm a big believer in, in those shortcuts. Um, now, I'll tell you what every investor we've ever worked with basically experienced while they grew their team, especially on the acquisition side, since that's kind of you know, where we focus, but it applies to any position in the business. Here's what happens every single time. The investor gets to a certain point where they do, they're doing everything up to this point. They're, 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 they are their entire business. And along the way, on the acquisition side, they have figured it out. They have figured it out through brute force tons of experience, trial and error. They go, they have conversations, some things feel good, go good, some things don't feel good, they don't go well, they, they do more of what, what works, less of what doesn't, and it's just this gut instinct. And, and over a period of months, and maybe even years, they get really good at buying a discount, right? And it, it's just, it's this gut instinct, but then there comes this time where they go, okay, I'm, 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 I'm getting out of this piece of the business, and I'm gonna hire someone to do it. And they hire that person, and then, it's time to train that person. And they go, I don't know how to get this out of my head, this gut feeling and into that person because I learned it just kind of, you know, I don't even know why I do what I do or why I say the things or why they even work because 
it's just happened naturally over time. And I don't know how to get this out of me and into them. So that's where, that's where we usually come in because they go, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Or, or, or sometimes they could do it and they go, I don't want to do it, right? I don't want to train salespeople. I got bigger, better things I got to be focused on. So that's where they get to. So what we do is I am just, you know, one of my superpowers and I don't have a lot, man, I, I, I suck at 99% of the stuff <laughs> I could be doing. This is my one thing. Um, I've really got a knack of breaking down what works, why it works, getting people to understand and embrace it, and then giving them some very simple tools to, um, to implement it. Uh, you know, m- most of the investors, so, you know, we work with brand new people, but we also work with investors that have been doing this 10, 15, 20 years, some of the best in the country. And what we always hear from them is, is like this exact same line. He goes, you know what? He goes, it's kind of funny. It's like everything you teach, I've been doing. I've been doing that for years. I had no idea I was doing it. I had no idea it had a name. I had no, no idea why it worked. And I had no idea that I could use that same, same tactic in these four other places. So most of the, the successful people that we, we train, we're just we're helping them identify what are those things you're doing that are working? Why does it work? And where can you implement it? And, and, and how do we train on it? So um, what, what they'll, you know, going back to your question, what they'll experience is, um, there will be a time where they go, I know how to do this, but it's very difficult to train. I've got to label it. I got to put a name on it and I got to put it out there. And um, I'm not the only sales trainer out there. There's tons of sales training organizations. There's tons of courses. There's tons of books. There's tons of free videos. Um, you don't have to pay for training, but I highly recommend y- you do something. You don't try to do it yourself. You reach out and, and find something to assist you. I agree, man. You can't be good at everything. You know, even uh, yep. look at the Avengers, man. They're all superheroes, but they all work <laughs> together as a team. They're, you yeah. know, they, they collaborate. So I think that's awesome. So when you're starting out now, part of your thing is, is your, I, I guess you're doing a lot of web stuff, online platforms and things yep. like that to help. Are you using your own sales teams to, to do a lot of this stuff for the investors that are coming in or is part of what you offer training their teams? Yes, yeah, so we train their team. So people, we have, we've got an online program that people pay us once and it's good forever. So uh, we got a whole online library of stuff, but every single week I hop on live and personally train teams um, in a group setting. Um, so uh, we've been training the same teams for some of the most successful investors for five years now, and they, their teams just keep going through it. And whenever they get new people, they, they shoot them through it real quick as well. And then they hop on our live stuff just to keep kind of sharpening their skills. Um, as far as me buying real estate, I never actually got into real estate investment. I have bought a couple hundred houses. I'll kind of explain that, but, um, my passion is, is, is the sales training. Um, so I never got into real estate. Now, when I got pulled into this niche, like we were kind of talking about at the beginning of of your podcast, um, I thought it was very important that I know it inside and out when I knew it was going to be a big part of my business. So the way I started was training teams one-on-one and I would fly out to, to Southern California, Texas, uh, Pennsylvania, I, every major market in the country. And I'd, I'd take two to three days training teams one-on-one and I'd hop in the car for the first day and a half with the acquisition agent or the investor. And I would do nothing but contract houses. So I was in there belly to belly. I was taking calls. I was going out there and I was, uh, I was contracting houses. And then the last half of the training, we would start to transition. I'd say, now you do what I did. And then I would just coach them at the end of every one of those sales meetings. Um, so uh, I want to be completely upfront. I'm not a real estate investor. I have no intention of ever getting into it. It's just not my passion. 
but I, I have personally bought a ton of freaking houses. So I just thought it was important to, to, if I'm telling other people how to do stuff, I think it's important that I've been there, done that already. I think that's huge, man. And, and I respect the, uh, I like I, the, the clarity there and the upfrontness. And again, one of my uh, good buddies and trainers is Matt, the Terracera UFC legend, but he got in an argument one time because this other guy was criticizing fighters and he was like, but you're not a fighter. You've never fought. He's like, it's like a swimming instructor that's never been in the water. So I, I think that that's a huge thing is that it doesn't mean that it has to be your main business model, but I like that you got in the water a little bit. So you had an idea of your product and you knew the ins and outs because again, you, you, you know your niche and there's a demand for everything. So I think that that's really cool. Now, touching on the other side of that, so hiring people, SOPs, on the other side of that, what are some things you're finding in your experience and with some of the investors that you're training and the teams you're working with for some red flags for when to fire? Because one of the things I've said to everybody is in my 14 years of real estate investing and coaching, I've never regretted firing anybody. I've often regretted not firing them sooner. Every time it's like a bad breakup that I'm like, man, why didn't I do that six months ago? But I always put it off. So I tell people, be very slow to hire, be careful, pick the right people, take your time, but be quick to pull the trigger because now I see those red flags way quicker. So I'm, I'm firing a lot sooner, which I'm sure when you have a sales floor, you don't want to spend two or three months burning leads with a, a shitty salesperson. You want to yeah. know when to pull the trigger on that. So on the hiring side, I see, but on the firing side now, what are you seeing for some yeah. ways to cut the cord or some red flags to look for right. on that side of it? Yeah. So I'm going to give one big tip that I think uh, just lines perfectly with what you've shared already. Uh, and it, but it's going to make that quicker and a lot easier for everyone. The biggest mistake I see people make is they don't hire enough people on the sales side. Um, the reason why they don't is they worry, do I have enough leads to support it? Um, you know, I don't want to hire more people than, you know, I, I, I can handle. Uh, am I at that stage in my growth yet? And they don't hire enough. Here's what you need to do. Hire two to three more people than you need. And I'll explain exactly why and it'll make, it'll make sense. Here's what will happen if you hire more people on the sales side than what you need. Let's say by some miracle, you end up with two or three badass salespeople. Are you going to find ways to get them leads? Chances are, yeah. If they're out there closing deals, you're going to say, I need more leads. You will figure it out, right? I mean, if I have salespeople and it's like, hey, they, everything they touch turns to gold, I will find a way to feed them leads with the marketing, right? And that's going to grow the business. That's, you don't, you're not losing there right? You're not losing there. So you'll find a way if you have too many people and they all work out, that's great. Here's the, the big, the, the more realistic thing that happens though. The more realistic thing that happens is you don't have three or four winners. You got one that's, you know, pretty good. One that might be okay. And then two that just aren't going to work out. Now, if you have people on the bench, if you have more than what you need, you will feel comfortable. Just, you're going to go with your gut. You know, let me even back out of this. I'm going to go a different way with it. When people hire just one salesperson, when investors hire one salesperson, here's what happens 99 out of 100 times. They hire them, they don't work out, and they keep them for two or three months longer than what they need because the fear is, well, you know, I've already invested so much time, so much money into this person, so much, you know, so many resources. I don't want to give up at this point because what if they're almost there? So, and if I feel like if I fire them, I'm wasting everything I just put into them, the two or three months. And so it just keeps going and going. And then the other big fear is, well, if I fire this person, I got to go through this all over again and I don't want to do it. And it, the other big fear is if I fire this person, 
I'm back in there and I don't want to do that. And I feel like that's a huge step back and maybe I don't like doing it. Maybe I don't want to do it. Maybe I don't want to just admit that this failed. Um, so I don't want to do it. So what happens is, is when you don't hire enough people and you don't overhire, you're in that situation where your, your gut knows, right? Your gut knows immediately two weeks, this person's not going to work out. You keep them for three or four months because you don't want, you don't want all those fears to be realized. Now, if you overhire and you have more people than what you need, the second you have that feeling, you go, don't need them anyways, gone. So the biggest tip I have is hire more than what you need because you can't lose. Either they're going to work out and you'll find a way to feed them, uh, or they're not going to work out and you're not going to be afraid to cut who you need to cut. So the counter to that would be people that are starting out are sometimes trying to cut their expenses, cut their labor costs. So what would be your counteract to that if somebody's saying, well, I can't really afford to hire an extra one or two people. I can only have one or two. Are you seeing or, or saying like you should maybe start doing some of this stuff yourself, get some revenue coming in this scale up? Or are you a big believer for just going big right off the bat because it's going to pay off? A lot of different ways to go about it. You hit a couple good points. One is I think everyone should start, should do something at least a little bit themselves so they know what it takes, what, how to hold their people accountable, um, that type of thing. So I, I'm a big believer in, you know, kind of like my story before, get your feet wet, do it yourself so you, you've got some experience and you know how to manage those people. Um, so that's one way. Um, another way I see, I grew up kind of in an old uh, school kind of sales mentality where all I've ever known. Uh, for the vast majority of my career was uh, all commission. So uh, I would hire, if it was me, I'd hire all commission. Now you can, you can, there's another way you can kind of feed them, you know, make things happen uh, without being all commission. One way I've seen work very well is hiring those people all commission, but saying, listen, um, I'm going to put you on the phone to produce leads to cold call. And here's the deal. I'll pay a hundred or 200 bucks a lead. Cause you're going to pay for marketing anyways, no matter what. So Hey, I'm going to pay 100 or 200 per lead. You're going to eat what you kill, but this is how you can make money every single day by putting in the work. Now, what that does is you're going to pay that money for marketing anyways, so you're doing it. That person is probably going to be a little bit better than a VA because uh, they're, they're in it. You know, um, The other thing it's going to do is they're going to learn the value of a lead. A huge problem I see is, is salespeople that don't, under, don't understand that sometimes the value, you know Cost per buy in the direct market could be a thousand to five k to seventy five hundred in the really competitive markets. Lead cost can be a hundred to five hundred bucks in the competitive markets. So that also teaches them how freaking valuable mm-hmm. a lead is and how much work goes into it, so they don't cherry pick and squander it. So those are just you know some kind of off the cuff ways to to go about you know scaling up in that position. I think that's great advice, man. And when I was coming up in college, I did some telemarketing, and I remember they gave us the option: Do you want the flat rate? Or do you want the commission? You can make a lot more money on commission. And me and six of my buddies all went, we want the flat rate. And we literally kept like a bottle of Jameson in the bathroom and we <laughs> would just ordered chicken parm sandwiches. And, you know, so I know, I remember, I always think about that of like, I'm going to get what I pay for there. So I want the oh, people yeah. that have that fire that want to create that. And like you said, um, my business partner always, I always have her in my ear. She always says, every sale is the only sale. And I think exactly like you're saying, sometimes when somebody's given those leads and they have a sheet of them that you've already paid those marketing dollars for and you've already nurtured, they're just trying to burn through the list instead of treating every single lead like it's potentially the only sale and really nurturing those and spending time on those. So I think that those are two really, really awesome, awesome pieces. 
If you guys are getting anything from the podcast and some of the great knowledge and tips that the guests are sharing, please take a minute and leave a review on iTunes or any of your platforms with some stars and some comments, helping spread the promotion and spread some visibility for the podcast, for the guests, and for the knowledge so we can continue to do this. It'd only take a minute. I appreciate it if you guys could take the time. It would go a very, very long way. Again, leave a review on iTunes, start to share, start to spread the word. I really would appreciate it if you're getting anything out of this. Thank you. Jumping into your business and your platform. So you have your YouTube channel, you have your online platform, you have your boot camp coming up. So jump a little bit into what you offer, how people can work with you. Uh, and I definitely like to hear some more. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on your um, on your boot camp that's coming up, we believe yeah. January 13th and 14th. And I want to make sure yeah. I get this out in time to promote that. So talk about some of the things that you offer. And, um, and again, I, I thought it was interesting because you said, most of your clients, I think, are doing a minimum of 50 deals a year. And a lot of the people yeah. that are starting out, they're going, I can't find one deal. So it is interesting sometimes. It's almost harder to get to that one or two or three than it is sometimes to the 40 or 50. And I think that still goes back to the, the scarcity mentality and trying to do everything yourself. So I love that people can hear that. And when they're going, there's no deals out there. It's like, yeah, there is because all your clients are doing 50 plus deals a year. I think that yeah. that's a really awesome feather in your cap as well. Obviously you're doing something right. So yeah, talk about what, what you offer in your business and how that works for investors. Yeah. So uh, we've got one final, so I've done about a dozen boot camps. We've got one final one coming up, uh, just the evolution of my business. Um, our online platform grew by 3.5 X this year. So we're, you know, there's no need to do events anymore. Um, what we're doing online is really working in a big way and people love it and it's helping. So um, it's just, you know, uh, it's a little scary because I've done them and they, they're, you know, we make a ton of money from them and they're easy, but it's the evolution of my business. So, you know, just talking more about mindset stuff. So this would be the final one we do. Um, it's just all of our training. We just, you know, we've got online training in the boot camp. The boot camp, we just go through all the training over two days, fast paced, very interactive. It's the exact same training. The online stuff, uh, the reason why it's grown so much, I think, is, is just the content's awesome, I think, that just the model of it's really good because investors oftentimes will get in when they're solo, they're by themselves, so they, they go, hey, I'm, I'm producing, I, gotta, I want to close everything that's closable, right? And I want to do it at the highest margin as quickly as possible. So we help them, but they've already paid for it, so as they bring on salespeople, they put it, they pay once it's theirs forever. They put them in our program and I train them too. Right. And then as they grow, as they go into other markets, we train them to no additional cost. So I think just that pay once and get it forever is, is just a model that works. Uh, a lot of people tell me it's not smart because I'm not collecting recurring revenue. I don't care. It's a good product. My business is doing well, growing. People are getting the help they need and their businesses are growing. And I think that's, it's, it's just, it all feeds into each other. Um, so I'm happy with that. Um, what we train on is really just the, the conversational part, right? A lead comes in is where our, our training picks up. How do we initially interact with that lead? What are we going to run into? What questions do we have to ask? What do we need to uncover? How do we close that deal? And basically we dive deep into motivation, not, not just checking a box on motivation, but what's, what's their why? Why is it important? How does it impact them personally? And we really turn up their urgency to take action, not by introducing anything new, but, but just helping them dissect their decision and making this real, um, putting it all out on the table. And that, that you know, there's, we get into the psychology of it and the behavioral economics and all that kind of nerdy stuff about sales, but we turn up the urgency to take action. Um, just a, a quick way to translate that is they feel it. And when we feel more, we do more. 
um, you know, if, if, if my finger has a little prick on it, I'm not going to do anything about it. If my finger's in a vice and it's very painful, I'm going to do whatever I can to get out of that pain, right? So we, we make the motivation real. We increase the urgency to take action. Once people are ready to do something about their situation, we proactively bring up everything that could possibly kill the deal or get in the way. And we work through those things one-on-one because motivation is not enough, man. People are motivated to do all kinds of stuff, but they don't because stuff gets in the way, either head trash or whatever. So it's our job to, most salespeople don't like to talk about what will get in the way, but if you're going to deal with it, you got to figure it out and help them deal with it. So we we go there and then we get into the the presentation, the offer, um, you know, and along the way, there's a lot of uh, resistance. So we talk about how to overcome, you know, people not answering questions or pushing back or just give me the offer or I'm going to go check out other investors or get multiple offers. We talk about all that, overcoming that resistance along the way. At the end of the day, it's just about, uh, here's the best way I can explain it, man, um, without taking too much time. No, take your time, man. I love this. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, here's what it's about. You know, one question we ask with a lot of the investors and their teams that we start to work with is this. It's like, if you knew nothing about sales, right? You don't have a process, you don't have any strategies, you know zero about sales. But if you did have the skill to mind read, if you could go sit down with a seller or talk to him on the phone and you knew everything they were thinking, if you knew every reason why they even reached out to you to begin with, why these things are important to you, what they're going through, what they're feeling, if you knew every reason why they'd say no, you know, these people, you know, other options, what people might think, the risk, the discomfort of selling or going through this, everything they had to work out in their heads. And as you were having that conversation, if you knew everything that was clicking and not clicking, things they picked up on, things that made them kind of pull back, if you could read their mind, could you close every closable deal? And then people think about it, they go, you know, I suppose I could. You know, I I bet you I could close every closable deal because I would know exactly what to talk about, about when, what to bring up, what to work through. And if it wasn't closable, I would know exactly why it wasn't closable. And essentially, that's what our sales training is, is getting as close to mind reading as possible, setting the stage for open, honest conversation, and figuring out every reason why someone would, every reason why someone wouldn't. And it's it's that exact same conversation. So what I believe sales is about is having that completely transparent conversation to figure out who you can help and how, and all the things you need to, to cover during that conversation. Because again, if you could mind read, you would not have to know anything about sales. We'd all close any closable deal because we'd know what was going on. Does that make sense or is that kind of weird? No, it makes a ton of sense, man. I love it. I think it's smart. And, and I love what you said. I haven't heard somebody say that in a while of taking somebody and talking them through all the worst case scenarios, what could go wrong? Because I think that that's a big thing. Like everybody knows what could go right, but they don't yeah. really want to talk about the bad stuff. And I think when you air it out and you get it out, okay, like we went through it, we lived it. And now maybe um, I'm not so scared and I will take this step. And again, I remember I was listening to um, this fighter, Forrest Griffin, and he was talking about how when he books a fight, immediately he freaks out. He goes, oh my God. So what he does is he puts himself in a bathtub and he said he read this in some book. I'm sure there's other people that do it, but he fills up the bathtub and he sits in there and he closes his eyes and he goes through every possible worst case scenario. I'm going to get knocked out immediately. I'm going to get choked unconscious. I'm going to get my butt kicked. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to this, I'm going to that. And then he lets it all go and he takes the drain and he lets all the water go. And then he visualizes all that bad stuff going down the drain. And then he gets out of the tub and he goes, okay, I just put myself in that all that stuff just happened. Now what? And he went, my mom still loves me. I still got a paycheck. I'm still going to go get drunk with my butt. Like life's not over. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. And, and when you kind of look at that as like, okay, like I, 
I called somebody. They told me to go screw myself. I hung up the phone. What do I do? You pick up the phone, you call somebody else. And when that person says yes, it makes all those no's worth it. And then, I mean, that's really where you start to get your life back. And I, I think it's really huge that you do that because people don't want to hear the mindset part. But every single successful person I know that's really successful in making money and at the top of their craft is all saying that mindset is such a huge, huge piece. But everybody starting out wants to go, I don't want the mindset. I just want the meat and potatoes. It's like you're missing the most important part. You just don't want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, because here's how it really works. In real, I mean, we do our training calls. They run about an hour, hour 15. We spend 45 minutes talking about um, why something's important, what kind of impact it has, and we get complete buy-in on a, a strategy or just a way of thinking. And then we go, at the very end of the call, we're like, by the way, here's the one question you ask that's going to take three seconds. But if we don't spend the 45 minutes talking about why it's so dang important, then nobody actually asks that one question. I could, I could do our whole sales training in probably a one-page sheet with about maybe seven to 10 questions to, for everyone to ask. We roll out that, those seven to 10 questions over 12 weeks because if we do not get 100% buy-in, people don't understand the importance of each question, they just won't ask. So mindset's everything. Um, you know, Like I said, hour-long training call, I'll give five words, say these five freaking words, but everything leading up to that is why are these five words so important? And we're not moving on until we all understand the importance and we all commit to saying these five words, by the way, here they are. So I think it's, it's, it's incredibly important. That's awesome, man. So they get to actually deal with you once a week live. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I think that that's an awesome piece. So now how do people, what's, what's a little bit of the difference now between Midwest Rev and uh, the REI Success Academy? Your sales, sales Academy? Yeah. Sales, sales Academy, Academy yeah. yeah. yeah our uh, Midwest Revenue Group is just our parent company name. Uh, I run, uh, it sounds like you two run a few companies. Midwest Revenue Group was our uh, original company name, original domain. Um, and, and REI Sales Academy and Midwest Revenue Group are kind of synonymous. I do a, a few other things now. Uh, it falls under that umbrella, but but they're basically the same, Midwest okay, Revenue cool. Group and REI Sales Academy. Yeah. So there's no really wrong way. If people want on either one, they're going to find out the same result for your programs and everything? If they Google either of those, they're going to get to the exact same place. That's awesome, man. So um, bootcamp-wise, if people want to go to this bootcamp, um, where is it? When is it? What's the cost? What can they expect? Give, give some insight on that because I'm yeah. sure people are going to want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, so, um, you know, we talked about building a business around lifestyle and all that balance kind of stuff. And that's where I am with my business. I told you this is the last bootcamp we're ever doing it. Uh, doing, so I'm doing it right here in Springfield, Missouri, where I live. Now, I know a lot of people, it's not a tourist attraction by any, any means. Uh, but I, I said, hey, I'm not spending the time away from my family. And, and uh, we're almost sold out at this point. Tickets, I think, for a single ticket are 2500 But if you have more, multiple people, there's like scales. It's all on the website. I don't have the pricing memorized. Uh, I just know the single ticket, I think, is $2,500. Um, it's two days. Uh, come out to Springfield. We, uh, we're going to record the entire thing since it's my last. It's going to be a ton of fun. We've had the same investors send their teams to almost everyone for the dozen or so that we've done over the years. So um, I'm really excited for it. Uh, we've, um, I'm, I'm very proud. I used to be scared to talk about results and not want to overpromise. But at this point, I can say we've trained... Um, Dang near 2,000 people. The biggest teams we, we train are on track for 3,000 deals this year. There's two of them on track for that that are backed by hedge funds and all that kind of stuff. But um, we have not had a single complaint. 
out of the thousands we've trained, no one's ever asked for money back. Um, every testimonial on our, our website and, and on social media, we have never asked for a single one. They've all been voluntary. So at this point, I'm just, I am proud of the content because I, I, we've worked really, really hard on just making it really good and applicable and, and, and so people could actually pick it up and use it and get better results. So at this point, I'm, I'm happy to, to share those results. I'm, I just, I don't know any other people in the quote unquote coaching industry that have the track record we do. So if, if that's what you need help with selling, that's our specialty. You can come to a boot camp. you could do the online stuff, but honestly, I'd recommend not paying me any money at first. I'd recommend going to our YouTube channel. I'd recommend going to our website. Um, there's a ton we do for free and there's going to be a certain percentage of people I think that can take what we give away from free for free and implement it. And, um, I think that's amazing. So if you can do that, then implement it yourself. Don't ever pay me a dime. If you love the, all the free stuff and there's hundreds and hundreds of videos and, and free trainings and you want some more help, then, then feel free to reach out for more help. But I'm always going to say, see if you can implement it yourself first. If you want my help, I'm happy to help you. That's awesome, man. And I can vouch for that. I, I was scrolling through your site and there was just so much content on there. So many videos on there, all the podcast interviews you've done, logging all the different topics and yeah. stuff. So Definitely. I mean, you can keep yourself very, very busy there over the holiday weekend. If you're yeah. trying to hide out from your family or whatever it is, yeah. you know, pop that site up. But uh, I think that that's really cool, man. And uh, it's funny because Missouri, one of the things I love about what I did over the years for coaching was going to some of these places that I never would have thought I, I would have gone. And I remember there was like two or three or four events I helped run in a row. And it was like Vegas, LA, New York, and then it was Kansas City, Missouri. And I remember yeah. thinking, I'm going to go party for three weeks and that'll be the week that I lay low. <laughs> and I wound up getting food poisoning in Vegas and it took me out for a couple of weeks. So me and my buddy that actually lives in Fort Letterwood, Missouri, yeah. we went out yeah. to the Power Light District in Kansas City and yeah. I had one of the best times I've ever had. The people yeah. were awesome. The food was great. The drinks were great. Like the atmosphere <laughs> was amazing. They had, I think like Bellator fights came in a couple of weeks after. So it's funny because um, I'm seeing it a little bit more now with, with social media and people connecting. Some of these places that maybe five or 10 years ago, there we go, Missouri, Indiana, like I don't want to go to these places. There's nothing there. You start to see, no, there's great cities with great restaurants and great yeah. people. And then you see like these deals happening and things like that. And it's cool because I think over time, over the next five or 10 years, people are going to start to see that worldwide. And all these things we're yeah. seeing on the news of people like, well, they live in Afghanistan. They must all look like this and act like this. And you see, no, yeah. like 99% of it is is this. It's just us. It's just people. So yeah. I think it's a really cool connector. So it was funny when you were like, yeah, Springfield probably not the place everybody wants to go, but there's going to be people who go to places like that and are like, man, like my expectation was this and I had a great meals and it made great people and I had a great time. So don't ever yeah. discount that. Some of those places that you never yeah. thought of could be some of the coolest places you've ever been. So I, I love it. I man. agree with you, man. hundred percent. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, man, I appreciate the time. This was a lot of fun. I can, I can tell that you have great energy, man. You really love what you're doing. Uh, your success in your students is huge, man. Like I said, I'm in the industry. I know it's very hard to keep everybody happy. It sounds like you're doing a great job there. So anybody starting out, anybody already doing stuff that wants to scale up, I highly recommend checking out. There's a ton of free content down there. It's going to speak for itself. Uh, MidwestRev.com uh, is one of the websites. Um, what's the website for REI uh, Sales Academy? Uh, REI Sales Academy.com. You'll go to the same place. Okay, cool. Um, social media, email, contact, YouTube. How can people find you? 
Yeah, uh, website's the easiest way you could get uh, access. You can, you know, schedule a call or whatever directly from there. You can email us. Um, same with YouTube, uh, Facebook. You can always message, comment on any of our stuff. Um, anyone that messages me directly, I don't see those, but our assistant plucks those out and gives them to me for anything I need to respond to personally. So I will. Um, but th that's it. Uh, YouTube, uh, Midwest Revenue Group, or the REI Sales Academy. Again, you'll find all of our videos. So just Google that stuff and you'll find more podcasts and videos and trainings and you could, you know, probably consume in a year. So cool, uh, man. And that's shoot, it. shoot that stuff over to me too. And I'm going to yeah. put it in the show notes. So anybody listening to this, if you're checking out any of the platforms, you can click right on those show notes and get in touch with them. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look through it too, because I, like I said, I'm, I'm scaling up. I'm going very self direct now. So the stuff you're teaching is actually very relevant to what I want. So it sounds like you can actually help me in my business. So I'm probably going to take you up on that. I might even see you in Missouri in a couple of weeks. So uh, John Martinez, man, you absolutely bring your A game. This was really cool. I'm really glad we got to do this. I had a lot of fun talking to you and I hope we can do it again. Any final thoughts? What I usually have is just uh, something that's been hugely impactful to me. Um, it's just the, the, the thought of just taking action. Whatever you do, wherever you're at, whatever you're struggling with, there's only one solution and it's, it's taking action. And I remember the book that got me from leaving corporate America into running my own business was Richard Branson's uh, Screw It, Let's Do It. And I adopted that mindset. And I think no matter where anyone is, whatever they're trying to accomplish, wherever they're stuck, there's only one answer and there's t it's, it's take action. So hopefully one person picks up on that and says, you know what, it's time for me to take action on something in my life and they do it. End of the year, man. Perfect time to start out fresh and really going with the bang, man. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your New Year's. I will send you all the show notes on this. Thank you sure. for your time. John Martinez, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day, man. Thank you. Thank you.